0: What's up, everyone? Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Prairie and Smith podcast. It's Thursday, February 29th. It's episode 186, and it's time to break down our top 10 non-conference matchups looking at the 2024 season. Kane, I don't know about you. I'm already missing football. I looked it up today. We're 184 days away from the Sunbelt football season kicking off on August 31st, and I'm already ready for it.
1: Yeah, this is a sport now we've talked about that keeps us on our toes, keeps us talking about ball throughout the offseason. I think it's going to kind of turn into the NFL when it comes to this being a year round sport where even if we don't have football, we're going to have something to talk about. And the more we talk about it, the more excited I'm getting, you're getting, and everybody's getting about this season. That is still quite far away, but I'm excited to dive into these non-conference matchups and just keep talking about this highly anticipated 2024 season that I think everyone that has any tie to college football is pumped for.
0: Yeah, definitely a lot of excitement around the game of college football, particularly with the expansion of the 12-team uh, college football playoff. We're going to get into that in this episode. But before we get to today's show, I want to tell you about our last episode. It was our off-season mailbag, one of Caden's favorite episodes every year. We answered your questions. And Caden, we had some great topics. We discussed the the top rivalries. I know that's gotten a lot of traction on Twitter. We even pitched our dream expansion candidates Uh, for the Sun Belt. And then we talked about which teams and even players you and I are going to be playing with uh, in the upcoming EA Sports video game. So definitely worth going back and and giving that a a watch or a listen, however you consume the podcast. But today's show, we're focusing on the top 10 non-conference games in the Sun Belt during the 2024 season. Caden and I actually drafted our top non-conference games. And yes, Caden had Number one overall pick. It's probably a, a reason why there's an App State game in that top one. But Kaden, uh, we're going to discuss the the storylines around each games and possible implications of these matchups. I know I'm excited for this non conference slate, and I don't think it's far fetched to say, Cato, that we are going to see the eventual group of five representative in the college football playoff in the first five weeks of this season as a Sun Belt fan.
1: Yeah, I think when you look historically at the non conference schedules the Sun Belt level, we've definitely been blessed with a lot of great group of five to group of five matchups when you look at this non-conference slate that we have I think you look historically you you kind of try to pick and choose which power five games are the most intriguing but this year there's just a great balance between highly anticipated power five matchups with some ball opponents and other great group of five teams to look at so shout out to you for putting together a wonderful spreadsheet that definitely made this draft a little bit easier you had it all scheduled and slated out and it made the big board a lot easier to choose from but definitely excited for the people to hear we think are the most exciting games and matchups looking at the non-conference schedule for the league.
0: Yeah, Caden, it was uh, a lot of fun, you know, obviously looking ahead to next year and there's just a number of uh, tantalizing matchups. I know we chose five each. There's a couple honorable mentions uh, at the end that we'll definitely get to as well, but let's jump into our top 10 non-conference games in the Sun Belt in 2024. And Caden, App State versus Liberty in week five, September 28th at Kid Brewer Stadium. That was your number one overall pick.
1: Yeah, no. When you allowed me the opportunity to get the number one pick in this draft, I felt like the Chicago Bears in the upcoming NFL draft. I mean, this is the Caleb Williams of, of conference matchups or non-conference matchups for the Sun Belt, I think, this year. I mean, when you talk about the stakest of this game, you could kind of call it the Group of Five Super Bowl heading into the season. This is the likely favorite in the Sun Belt conference going against kind of that reigning group of five champion, the cotton bowl representative who won conference USA last year in Liberty. I think this game kind of reminds me of what we thought that the Tulane versus South Alabama matchup could have been last year as far as two of the strongest teams at the group of five level. But I think everything from what we saw last year and heading into this offseason kind of points at this matchup as kind of the premier group of five matchup across all the college football. I think it's also a very exciting coaching matchup. When you look at the head coaches in this one, Jamie Chadwell versus Sean Clark, a duo that's had their fair share of battles over the year. Chadwell's two and one in the series. Those two wins from Coastal Carolina. And I think it's going to be great to see Coach Clark and his squad try to even up that series. And then on top of that, it's a great quarterback matchup, too. We've talked about at length how great of a quarterback Joey Aguilar was to finish out last season. He was the Sunbelt offensive player of the year and he comes into a second season now with his same offensive coordinator a ton of the same weapons from last year excluding just Nate Noel from the backfield who we know is a little bit banged up and Deshaun Davis on the receiving core. but everything else is back there for him and you have Caden Salter on the opposite side of things for Liberty one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the entire nation this is a guy who threw for like 2,800 yards last year 32 touchdowns had a thousand yards rushing as well with 12 scores on the ground this is a guy who came from Tennessee before coming to Liberty many thought he was going to leave Liberty this off season, but he decided to Stay for another year so i think there's just everything you want in a a matchup in this one you have great head coaches you have great quarterbacks and it's going to be at the rock it's going to be week five it's going to be a great matchup with a ton of group of five stakes maybe potential college football playoff stakes knowing that one team and then group of five is going to get the chance to play in that 12 team playoff but i think the only thing that could make this matchup better noah is if it was in week one to kick things off for the season
0: yeah i think we all wish uh that this had been a week one game but Caden, I think to your point about the college football playoff implications of this one, I think this game in Week 5 could make or break the seasons of both of these programs. Unless App State's able to knock off Clemson uh, in Week 2, they're coming into this matchup more than likely with a loss. Maybe Liberty comes in undefeated to this matchup, but I think what we see when we look at the Conference USA scheduling, some of the weakness of that scheduling, Liberty's probably going to have to go undefeated in order to make it into that twelve-team college football playoff. Obviously, they did it last year. I think a loss here to App State definitely hurts their case. Now, like, think about this: if App State beats Clemson and then Liberty is able to beat App State, I think that further uh, helps Liberty's case. So, I definitely think that's interesting to pay attention to. And Kaden, I think App has a little bit more breathing room here uh, with a loss, even perhaps coupled with a Clemson loss, simply because of the strength of the schedule that they're going to play in the Sun Belt. But I am expecting just a great atmosphere at Kid Brewer Stadium. This is one of the games that I've got circled on my calendar uh, that I'm going to try to make it out to this year. So certainly this is going to be a ton of fun. App State versus Liberty. Week 5, September 28th at Kid Brewer Stadium. One of the top non-conference games in the Sun Belt this year. But, Kaden, moving on to my number one overall pick uh, in our non-conference draft. And that was Troy at Memphis on September 7th. This one is in week two. And here's some of the reasoning behind the early pick of this game. These are two winning programs. You have a Troy team that won 12 games in 2022, 11 games last year. Then you look at Memphis. They had seven wins in 2022 and then were able to make a big leap forward in 2023 to 10. And Katie, do some quick math right there. 40 combined wins for these two programs in the last two seasons. And you mentioned the G5 playoff implications of app versus Liberty, but Kane, I think this one includes a ton as well. You have Troy, who's won two straight Sunbelt titles, albeit we can say with John Summerall. Memphis is probably in a group of maybe 10 teams that I really do think has a chance to get into that college football playoff. And not to mention, this is a possible early season statement for a Sunbelt school versus an American Athletic Conference school. So I think that'll play a big role. The head coaching matchup, similar to that App Liberty game, is interesting. You've got Jared Parker, who's 43. You've got Ryan Silverfield, who's also 43, but Parker comes in. This will be just his second game as a head coach. Silverfield comes in in his fifth season at the helm of this Memphis program, and honestly, this is going to be the first real test for for Jared Parker, the former Notre Dame offensive coordinator. Meanwhile, Silverfield will want to prove that all the preseason hype that I think this Memphis team is going to have is legit. So, I think that's a big element and. You know, much like the head coaching matchup, Caden, I think the youth versus experience at quarterback in this matchup is going to be super interesting as well. You've got Goose Crowder, probably the Troy starter. He has just 13 career pass attempts. And meanwhile, he's going up against Seth Hennigan, who has almost six times as many career passing touchdowns as Crowder does attempts. So both teams are bringing back their top wideouts and Rock Taylor for Memphis, Chris Lewis at Troy. And I think this is going to be a huge opportunity for both of these quarterbacks, uh, but for really vastly different reasons. And then lastly, Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, Caden. It's a tough place to play. When you look back during Silverfield's tenure, Memphis is 20-6 and at home. That's a 77% winning percentage. I think suffice to say, this is a big early season test for Troy. And if they handle it, watch out for the Trojans being squarely back in that conversation to repeat as Sunbelt champions once again.
1: A uh, Now Great second over or number one overall pick for your draft. No, I think when you look at both of these programs, especially just based on what Troy's been able to do the last two seasons, any given year, these are two teams that are arguably not going to be in that conversation for best group of five team. And I think you look at the 12 team playoff now that we've talked about and touched on, these are going to be two teams and every team that kind of knows they're one of the better group of five teams is going to kind of be eyeing these matchups a little bit differently. <clears throat> I think that's what both of these First two picks we have have in common. And you mentioned the quarterback matchup. I think Seth Hennigan going up against this Troy defense is really what I'm going to be penciled in and keyed in on as far as a matchup in this game. We know that Troy has a couple pieces on both sides of the ball to kind of put together and prove themselves. But I think that defensive standard they've been able to keep up lately going up against an experienced quarterback with this top weapon back is going to be electric, especially in Memphis's home stadium, like you mentioned. Going on to my second pick of this draft. This one really caught my eye, Noah. I, I'm super excited for this matchup in week four. It's a, the first Power 5 school to make an appearance in this draft, and it's James Madison going to visit North Carolina in week four. I think there's going to be several opportunities for Sun Belt schools to beat Power 5 opponents this year when you look at kind of just the matchups we have. But I think this one has the biggest potential to be a big statement win over a conference, not just maybe a close win, but a statement win over a team that obviously has a ton of notoriety, has Mac Brown at the helm and has really been kind of leaning on great quarterback play the last couple of years and has to switch some things, switch some things up this year, not having Drake May. We know that App State's given this North Carolina team fits over the last couple seasons in their series. James Madison has a lot of that similar DMA, DNA and the potential to do the same thing, I think, against this North Carolina team. They're going to travel well to this game. They're going to have a presence. I remember when I played at Chapel Hill And we had the App State Student section And the fan section jumping. I know the James Madison Dukes are going to do The same thing And like I mentioned Drake May is gone Max Johnson comes in He's a transfer from Texas AM and and LSU He doesn't scare me Nearly as much Especially if this James Madison defense Can even be half of What they were last year Just given what the Resume has been And the pedigree They've established On the defensive side Of the ball Offensively we know That James Madison Still has to figure out Their quarterback position They have a lot of Different positions To replace as far as Weapons on the outside As well But Mac Brown is on His third defensive Coordinator of his tenure I think this plays great into James Madison's hand and I don't think JMU can just win this game but I think they could do some real damage and make some real noise not just in the sun bulb, but beyond in this matchup so I have this one circled and slated as my number two pick
0: yeah Caden I think those are some great points this is a huge opportunity early on in Bob Chesney's tenure to score a resounding victory this game's going to come in week four more than likely uh you've got conference play looming right after that so I think this is a huge statement game for Bob Chesney early in his tenure. They are reloading on offense. I think it will have given them some time uh, to maybe work out some of those kinks ahead of this game against North Carolina on September 21st. But Caden, second pick for me, this was Texas State versus UTSA. It's going to continue a trend as we go throughout this episode of me choosing meaningful in-state games. But this one's on September 7th in week two at Bobcat Stadium. Caden, I think the atmosphere of this game is going to be absolutely electric. Texas State traveled to UTSA last year. It was the second largest crowd in UTSA history. This is the second of three straight home games for Texas State to begin the season. And Caden, they probably will have just steamrolled Lamar. And I think you can expect a crazy atmosphere. I'd expect this game to be sold out uh, with how things are trending and Caden, and I think the other fun thing here is the roots run deep in the state of Texas. Both of these head coaches, uh, you know, were around the high school football scene in this state. G.J. Kinney played at Canton High School. Jeff Traylor was at Gilmore High School. Those two schools are separated uh, by just about an hour. I have the feeling this one could feel a little bit like Friday Night Lights on, on a Saturday. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, new quarterbacks too. TJ Finley, obviously out at Texas state. You had the carousel that has finally stopped and Jordan McLeod uh, will be the head guy. He was, he will be in my opinion, the preseason player of the year in the conference on the other side, Frank Harris is gone. And now you have an open quarterback competition. Owen McCowan will probably be the front runner, but after these two programs played Lamar in Kennesaw State to open the season, Kaden, I think this is the first real test that either of these quarterbacks is going to face at their new school. And Kaden, I'm going to say it. I think that these are two dark horse college football playoff teams. I think Texas State is a dark horse playoff candidate with Jordan McLeod at the helm. I think UTSA will be amongst maybe that You know, favorites in the American in 2024, they've got 20 wins over the last two seasons. And I don't think it's unimaginable that one of these teams could at least be in the conversation for that automatic qualifying spot come the end of November if things go according to plan during the regular season.
1: No, this is a great pick, Noah. I'm kind of jealous of the in-state vibes and some of the atmosphere you painted a picture of. I think it's going to be an amazing game. And you mentioned it; dress trailer has done a great job with this UTSA program. Similarly, how Coach kenny has been able to do the same thing, kind of with the snap of a finger, with this Texas State team. So I think. This isn't a dark horse. I think by the time we get to the middle of the season, we'll be talking about both of these teams pretty highly. I think they'll both be in their respective conference championship races. And Jordan McLeod being the quarterback at Texas State just only ups the excitement for this matchup. We know UTSA is kind of in a position now where when you are a group of five team, it's kind of hard to sustain success. It's going to be a little bit even more challenging when you talk about the transfer portal nowadays. So I feel like Coach Kenny and his squad are kind of just now peaking and trending in the right direction where coach trailer's back is against the wall. I feel like a little bit having some players now leave and exit that have been a big part of his program and establishing things under his helm. So definitely excited to watch this matchup early in the season. I think this is definitely going to be a must watch on however many TVs you have set up. If you really know ball, this is going to be a game you're definitely going to want to see, but moving on to my third pick, Noah, Everyone's going to call me a homer for this one. I had this one staring me in the face when we were talking about which picks we're going to make next. I think you even proposed a trade at this point of the draft because I thought you were going to maybe try to take this game away from me. But I just had to go with App State going to Clemson. Everyone knows that App State plays well in big games. They do, they do well consistently against Power 5 competition. And if anyone's accusing me of being a homer, I just have the numbers right here. And I just have to go to the, through the history of this program in recent History When you talk about what they're able to do against power five teams last year, we know they lost in double overtime 40 to 34 against North Carolina 2022. They lose to North Carolina by two points in a 63 to 61 shootout. That was unbelievable. Then in that same season, they get the win over Texas A&M 17 to 14. The year before that a 3 point loss to Miami 25 to 23 covid year you get no matchup from the power 5 but then in 2019 you obviously have the two back to back wins a win over North Carolina a win against South Carolina and then the year before that in 2018 you have the overtime loss to Penn State who was ranked that season a 45 to 38 overtime loss if you look in recent history this team has played has not lost to a power five opponent since 2017 when they lost to Georgia. And if anything, (laughs) anyone knows anything about that Georgia team, that's the team that took Alabama all the way to the national championship game. And they had to unleash two attack of Iloa at halftime to beat that Georgia Bulldog team. So a pretty good squad there. But this team has not lost or played in a power five opponent that's been less than a one score game in, in multiple, multiple years when you look at this. And I think when you look at this matchup specifically, one of the things that has me really excited about it, Noah, is I think Joey Aguilar wins this quarterback matchup. When you look at App State going up against Clemson, Cade Klubnick will be coming now into his second full season as a starter. Last year, when you look at what Joey was able to do, seventh in the nation in yards with 3,700, fifth in the nation in touchdowns, 33 um, touchdowns on the season nationally. Cade Klubnick was 41st in the nation in yards and tied for 54th in touchdowns. I don't think they're on the same level right now. It's going to be a big offseason for Cade as far as him growing into his own, coming into his own and growing because he definitely still had plenty of freshman moments last season, some big errors and some big games. And I think what bigger of a game can you get than early in the season, having your back against the wall in week two and being on upset alert if app state gets some momentum in this game and gets some things going. I think when you look at this game and how Joey Aguilar was able to play against North Carolina, going toe to toe with Drake Drake and going kind of to just blow for blow with that guy, a guy who's going to be one of the top three picks in the draft this year. Kate club doesn't have that same firepower. And on top of that, a little birdie who saw some spring, pra- some spring practice for app state, Told me that this defense is actually looking very, very good this offseason. is looking much improved, and I think that's obviously going to be a big part of any of these teams that are going up against Power 5 teams. So we know that App State is going to be in the black, white, and the black pants in that road fit that they play so well in when they play against Power 5 teams. And you can call me a homer, but I think everyone looks at the track record of this program and what they're doing against Power 5 teams and playing consistent close games, one-score games year after year after year after year. I'm excited about this matchup. And also, this is a Clemson team that's going to be coming off of a Week 1 game against Georgia. That could be a very lopsided game. That could be one where we see maybe the confidence a little down for the Tigers. So I'm really excited about this matchup for App State going to Clemson in Week 2 when you kind of want to play these Power 5 teams when they're still figuring out who they are.
0: Yeah, Caden, I think you make a lot of good points. I think App State has a chance to maybe go into Death Valley. And, uh, you know, I think, quote unquote, shock the world. Would it really be that based on, you know, some of the uh, the the stats that you shared there? But, you know, I think the one thing that I will say is Joey Aguilar had an excellent year last year. Love Joey Aguilar, we talk about him a ton on this podcast. Uh, he did not face this Clemson defense. And that Clemson defense uh, has, you know, multiple uh, guys that will probably be drafted in the years ahead. So. Uh it's a different animal now could he have a big game? I think so I think he's proven uh but you know you compare this to the North Carolina game and I think we can all uh agree that that North carolina defense probably uh is not as good or even uh, in the same conversation as the defenses that we've seen from Clemson over the last couple of years so Kane, okay, I think the other interesting element of this uh you know Brett jemis who does our graphic design huge Clemson fan uh he's already invited us to this game and uh he's got a pretty good tailgate which could be pretty tempting so I think there's a chance uh that you and I pull up to this one so that in and of itself uh makes this worthy of a top five matchup I think in the Sun Belt this year but Kanan you thought the reason I was trying to trade picks was because I wanted that Clemson App State game the real reason was I was afraid you were going to take Georgia Southern versus Boise State for me the game that begins the year on August 31st in week one it's going to be played at Paulson Stadium and Caden, selfishly, and if you're a Georgia Southern fan, plug your ears for a second. I'm really excited to see Malachi Nelson. He was a unanimous five-star recruit coming out of high school in the class of 2023. He was the number one overall recruit. Uh, you talked about Caleb Williams earlier on in this episode, who's going to be the presumptive number one pick uh, in the NFL draft. This is a guy who sat behind him at USC and learned from him all year long. This guy has the tools to, I'm going to say it, be the best group of five quarterback this year if everything comes together for him at Boise State. So I'm excited to watch Malachi Nelson in this matchup. But if there was another thing that I'm excited about, I think it's this incredible running back matchup. You've got uh, Jalen White for Georgia Southern. He's expected to be back in fully healthy after an injury-plagued 2023 season. Then you've got Ashton Ginty or Ginty, who um, you know finished with 14 touchdowns and over 1,300 yards on the ground last year, these are two guys, Caden, who I think could easily be the best running backs in their respective conferences in 2024. It's going to be fun to watch them uh, carry the football in this matchup. But Caden, I think the biggest thing about this matchup, this is a huge opportunity for Clay Helton to shut up a lot of the noise in Statesboro. They're they've gone one and nine in their last two Novembers. They've lost both of their bowl games. And Kaden, week one, if they get this win over a Boise State team that I think many have at least in the conversation for that college football playoff, I think this buys Clay Helton some time, it buys him quite a bit of rope. And Kaden, if you win this game, I think there's a real chance that Georgia Southern's going into week four against Old Miss undefeated at three and zero. And we've seen them play well on the road. Could they do it again against Lane Kiffin? Uh, That would certainly be uh, an interesting matchup there, a high-scoring game probably. But, Caden, the other thing that I think makes this game so tantalizing is the atmosphere I think we're going to see. We saw the atmosphere when Coastal Carolina came and played them on national television last year. It was the largest crowd in Paulson Stadium. And, Caden, you give that Georgia Southern uh, department an entire offseason to sell tickets to this game, one against a potential college football playoff team, You've said how hard it is already to play in Statesboro, and I think the fans could turn Paulson into uh, you know, a a house of horrors for Boise State in this matchup.
1: Definitely another excellent choice by you. You could, I think, look at this slate of, of non-conference games and kind of do your own draft as far as just the week one matchups. I think this matchup being in week one is definitely going to be exciting when you talk about the hype that's going to have this Boise State team surrounded by when you look at what they're going to kind of having a successful offseason in the transfer portal and some of those big names like you mentioned. And we know this Georgia Southern team has had a prolific offense year after year. The question is going to be, can their defense slow this Boise State attack down with the successful quarterback play that they're expected to have and what they've had in the last couple seasons? And I think – on top of that, is going to be the debut of JC French or maybe another quarterback for Georgia Southern. I think we could see a quarterback, like I've mentioned, who has a different dynamic with his legs in this offense that we haven't seen in a while. And if this is a shootout, I don't think you and me are going to be mad about it at all if we see these two quarterbacks go after and two of these offenses run it up with excellent weapons coming out of the backfield as well. So moving on to my number four pick, I'm going with a, a Virginia Tech at O Dominion. I think you know that I'm a sucker for a series, and this is the continuation of a series. This is going to be week three in SB Ballard Stadium with Old Dominion hosting. This is one that's tied at 1-1 the last two seasons, and I think this tiebreaker at home for Old Dominion is just going to be electric. Last year in week one, they kind of got punched in the mouth. Old Dominion lost this game 36-17. to I think this was, that's when this team was still kind of trying to figure out who they were, but then we all remember in 2022 when they were able to win a rock fight in a defensive matchup 20-17 to upsetting Virginia Tech. And we know there's players on this Old Dominion team that remember upsetting the Hokies. You got Jason Henderson. Do you think he's going to be playing hard in this game in his senior season, remembering the good memories of beating this team? Keyshawn Wicks, another senior. Do you think he's going to be running hard in this matchup starting off the year, or not starting off the year, but in week three, going up against a Power 5 opponent who they kind of already know within their locker room, within their building, that they're capable of beating. And they're going to want to chase that feeling again of getting an upset win on their home turf. We know that this team does not flinch in Old Dominion. You know I have high hopes for them heading into this year, and I think last year we just saw them able to go toe-to-toe with a team like Wake Forest, another Power 5 opponent, a ranked James Madison team. They lose both of those games just by three points each, and I think they're not going to flinch having Virginia Tech, a familiar Power 5 opponent, come to their house. house, And I know you – know that I have high hopes for Grant Wilson and really this team as a whole. I think Virginia Tech will be solid. I think this is going to be the best Virginia Tech team we've seen in a couple of years. They have a great dual threat quarterback in Kyron Drones. They bring back their whole wide receiving core. And I think Brent Pry has done a really good job with this program with name image likeness, keeping a lot of their important players. But I think this Old Dominion team is going to be absolutely battle tested entering this matchup facing South Carolina in week one and ECU in week two. I think it's all just going to culminate for a great kind of third round of this series that we've seen go back and forth the last couple of years. Old Dominion hosting it in week three. I think it's going to be a great environment, a great in-state matchup, my in-state matchup that I have for this for this um, draft right now. So I'm going with for the number four spot, Virginia Tech for visiting Old Dominion.
0: Ken, I think the only thing that concerns me in this matchup, what's Old Dominion's defense going to look like? They lose a ton of pieces, particularly in that secondary. And, you know, you have talked on this podcast as a, as a guy in the secondary, how, how difficult it is to go up against a dual-threat quarterback. Obviously, Virginia Tech's going to have this in this matchup. I'm just not sure this is a great matchup for Old Dominion early on in the season. But you're right. They have proven to be a gritty, tough football team. I think they started to turn a corner uh, at the end of last year, winning some of those tight games outside of, you know, the, the James Madison game that was tight, the Western Kentucky um, comeback for the ages, honestly, in the bowl game. But I agree with you. I think this is an old Dominion team that's primed to have a big year. This could be uh, a huge statement uh, for them to uh, take down Virginia Tech at SB Ballard on September 14th. But moving on to our eighth matchup, Kate and I went back to the well here, another Georgia State or another in-state matchup. This is between Georgia State and Georgia Tech. This game opens the season on August 31st in week one. And, Caden, I don't even have to sell this game because it sells itself. The stadium, Center Park for Georgia State, Bobby Dodd for Georgia Tech, they're separated by about four miles or about a 30-minute drive if you live in Atlanta, if we're being (laughs) honest. But um, proximity should lead to, I think, a, a capacity crowd for this one. These two teams will be battling on the recruiting trails, I think, in years to come. And I think this is a big statement game for both teams as they look to kind of secure that city of Atlanta. But, Kaden, I think the other big storyline, this is going to be the first game for Del McGee as head coach of uh, this Georgia State program. It'll be his head coaching debut. He obviously replaced Sean Elliott after he departs for South Carolina. Uh, Del McGee going to be the, the fourth head coach in program history. And, Kaden, you said it on an episode the other day, he will be just the second African-American head coach in the Sun Belt. You think of Charles Huff at Marshall. I think that's a huge deal and something that should be celebrated. Uh, this is the first step in a new era for him in this Georgia State program. And Kaden, I think it could be a massive one if you're able to win this game against Georgia Tech. Uh, staying on first trends though, Kaden, I thought this was so interesting. This is the first ever meeting between these two programs. Uh, let me get on my soapbox here for a minute because why this has taken so long, I don't know. I feel like this should be a common occurrence. This return trip to Center Park is going to be in 2026. I think this is great for college football, and I think these two schools should be applauded for making this matchup happen. Last thing on this matchup, Caden, uh, this is the first Power 4 possibility, I think, of an upset for the year. We're only going to have a Power 4 this year with the you know dissolution of the uh, Pac-12, but... Caden, one of three games versus power four teams in week one, you've got Old Dominion at South Carolina, you've got Southern Miss uh, at Kentucky, I the Sunbelt had four power five wins a season ago, Georgia State, and we know has a history of knocking off power five teams, you just have to ask Tennessee how that went, but. Caden, this, uh, you know, won't be any film on Del McGee's team heading into the year, and I think an upset could potentially be brewing to start off this new era for Del McGee and Georgia
1: State. Yeah, no, this is definitely where you want to play your Power 5 opponent. When I've thought about my time playing at App State, you always felt good playing a Power 5 team in Week 1 when they don't really necessarily know who they are either. You're both kind of going off of last year's film. The personnel isn't all set in stone. So definitely an exciting matchup. I think an exciting opportunity for Del McGee. I know personally, as a guy from the state of Georgia, there's a stadium and just the energy around this one's going to be buzzing. There's going to be a lot of players who've played cross paths in high school playing against each other in this matchup. I think the only fear I have is that we kind of talked in the past about Del McGee when we were talking and opening up the mailbag that we think this is going to take some time for him to establish this program or not expecting overnight success like that despite us both believing that this is a slam dunk hire I think if Darren Granger alone was playing in this game I would have it probably already drafted by now but some of the personnel that Georgia State lost last year does worry me so definitely excited for this opportunity for Del McGee and his staff and this Georgia State team to start off their season right across the street right across town 30 minutes in traffic like you said and I think this is definitely a series that we can hopefully continue seeing in the future between these two teams that are so close in proximity but with my number five pick and my last When I wanted to pick a little bit of a sleeper. We're going with another Power 5 matchup, and that is Troy going to Iowa in Week 3. This is going to be probably a defensive matchup that Troy has shown the last two years that they're absolutely built for. This Iowa offense has been just straight up bad the last couple years. You look at them last season, averaging 15 points per game, averaging 17 points per game before that, and we know that Troy obviously has a couple of key losses, losing Gunnar Watson at the quarterback position, losing Kamani Vidal. But I really like what this team was able to keep up front. You mentioned Chris Lewis before as a guy who can make some big plays. And in matchups like this, you have to have a guy who has that power five type of build to go to in the offensive side of the ball and make big plays for you. And I think Chris Lewis is going to be cut out for this matchup. We know this Iowa defense is obviously going to be the biggest hurdle. This is a team that kind of dragged. Um, their their team last season to a Big Ten championship appearance, a a, a squad that's perennially great when you look at what they're able to do on the defensive side of the ball. But again, they're going to have a lot of guys having their names called in this draft that played extremely well and will be moved on, so they'll have to re-up and refill those slots. But that's something, obviously, Iowa has done quite well. And I think when you think about this matchup for Troy, I think it's just the opposite of what we saw from their Power 5 opponent or Power 4, like you mentioned, last year playing Kansas State. The Kansas State team they played last year, entered that matchup ranked number 15, they had Will Howard, a dynamic quarterback, who gets it done with his arm and his legs, he will be starting for Ohio State this season as their guy at the helm. That offense averaged 37 points per game. Iowa hasn't had a dynamic quarterback in quite some time. So I think this defense for Troy is going to be more cut out for this matchup and really more cut out for a Power 5 matchup than we've seen in quite some time. I think when you look at Troy's success the last two seasons, winning back-to-back Sunbelt Championships, kind of the only thing they haven't really been able to add to that resume and check off is a win against a Power 5 opponent. We mentioned the Kansas State loss. They obviously lost to Duke in the bowl game. This team hasn't won against a Power 5 opponent since I believe they beat Nebraska in 2018. Yeah, I have it up right here, 24 to 19 win. So hopefully in this matchup, they'll be able to steal another game against a Big Ten opponent. I think it's a great matchup as far as the X's and O's and the personnel of both of these teams. And again, a statement win for a new head coach would be huge in this matchup in this spot here. So I'm going with this one for my week three selection or my my round five selection in week three rather yeah
0: kane i think it's interesting i think uh it'll be interesting to see too they they fired the offensive coordinator there was actually a clause in his contract that if he didn't uh put up enough points he was not coming back so they are going to have a new offensive coordinator will uh that fix the issues uh certainly not i think another uh fun element of this game is there will be the uh you know the wave that takes place to the uh the children's hospital i think that's always a A fun moment. It's neat to see uh, a Sunbelt school uh, participating in this game against Iowa. But Kaden, last uh, pick in our draft. Uh, This was number 10. Uh, You were so gracious to let me take this and then the next honorable mention here in a second. But Coastal Carolina versus Virginia on September 21st, week four at Brooks Stadium. This was uh, my final pick in our uh, draft here. But Kaden, I think a win is inbound here. I think uh, Sunbelt teams uh, Sun Belt teams are going to play 19 Power 4 opponents this year. And outside of maybe Georgia State, Vandy, and maybe Texas State, Arizona State in Week 3, I think you could make the argument that this might be the best opportunity for a win. Coastal Carolina comes in. They have three wins over uh, Power 5 programs in their history. The first came back uh, against Kansas in 2019. We did see JMU beat this very same UVA team last year. Could we see a Sunbelt school score another big win against Virginia? I think it might be in the cards here. Caden, this is also the first time meeting between these two programs. Obviously, the two teams were scheduled to play back in 2022. We know the tragic circumstances there that took place after the the shooting on the UVA campus that took three uh, football players' lives. That game was ultimately canceled. And, I'm expecting to see some emotion in this game. I think, particularly from the UVA side, it's a, a memory that they will have to, um, you know, deal with on the sidelines. But I think this ultimately is going to be a fun first meeting between these two programs. And, Kaden, for Coastal Carolina, you are going to see what life without Grayson McCall is going to look like. These, you know, you got glimpses the last two seasons with Grayson uh, missing some time with injury, but his shadow was kind of always there and. Rightfully so, he's the greatest player to ever put on a Coastal Carolina uniform. But, Kaden, you've said it multiple times. Tim Beck was still able to win three games with three or five games with three different quarterbacks last year. Uh, he did it more out of necessity. He will have had an entire offseason to work with these quarterbacks to choose his guy, and I think whoever he chooses is going to be ready for this game. Lastly, for Coastal Carolina, Kaden, I think if they're able to win this game, they're probably four and zero at this point. They've got Jacksonville State in Week One, which is coming off of a bowl win, so not an easy game there. But then you've got William and Mary and Temple in weeks two and three. I think those are both winnable games. So I don't think it's crazy to say that Coastal Carolina could be undefeated ahead of this matchup. You look back to 2020, Coastal Carolina was 11-0. You look to 2021, they were 6-0. You look to 2022, they were 6-0. So this is a Coastal team that starts seasons well. Could they be primed? Uh, for another strong start to the year. I think the answer is yes uh, for Tim back in Coastal Carolina. That's why I picked this matchup here as my final pick in our draft.
1: Yeah, great great way to round it out, Noah. I think this is definitely one of the more winnable games when you look at Sunbelt teams playing Power 5 opponents. going to be a lot of emotion in this one, and I'm just excited for this Coastal Carolina team at all. You mentioned life without Grayson McCall. He's been such a staple in this conference and just a a constant fixture, so seeing what life is going to be like without him is definitely exciting. I'm hoping – selfishly and kind of internally that Ethan Vasco gets the starting job, just given his play style, I think unleashing him against those first couple opponents and then giving him kind of a bigger power five test in week four would be awesome to see. And I think, just overall, when you look at this Coastal Carolina team, I really liked what I saw from them against UCLA last season, a game they obviously didn't win. But there's going to be a lot of players who are on that team last year that are going to be playing in this one this year. And they did not flinch in that matchup. They went back and forth against one of the better defenses in the country, especially in just some great personnel and some power five personnel. So I think this will be a great matchup. But going on to my honorable mention, my last pick so to say i had a really strong consideration for this one so i guess the honorable mention to my honorable mention was arkansas state iowa state i was this close to picking that one i know that uh, arkansas state has been on the up and up we saw them have their turnaround last season but i just wasn't quite ready to pick them as a, as a game. I'm super excited about compared to the matchup that I picked. This Iowa State team won seven games last year. They have a nasty defense. I think Arkansas State could get a huge statement win in this one, but I'm just more optimistic about this team getting a statement win. And you mentioned it before. In you're you're talking about this Virginia Coastal Carolina matchup. This is another one where we should expect and maybe have high expectations for the Sun Belt team to take up and take home the win. And that's going to be Arizona State coming to Texas State to play them in Week Three in Bobcat Stadium. Texas State. We know. Unlike Arkansas State, who I didn't pick, Texas State beat Baylor just last year. They. Beat a Big 12 opponent. They're going to be facing a team now that's joining the Big 12. And I think they're going to have a great opportunity to get a statement win in this one. You mentioned before you picking the game against UTSA the week before, just the atmosphere in that matchup. If they win that game, I think that just doubled downs on the excitement and the intensity for this one, hosting a Power Five opponent, maybe going into this matchup 2 0, coming off of a fresh, sold out win against an in state opponent, doubling down on that energy, bringing that into the stadium for the next game. And it's the reason why this is an honorable mention and not something that got picked in my selection is just because this Arizona state team is not very good. This is a team last year that went three and nine. They had two conference wins. They only scored 17 points per game. That was the worst in the pac 12. I don't think they're going to be able to keep pace with this Bobcat offense that averaged 36 points per game as an excellent quarterback under center for them. And I think this is going to be a huge matchup for this Texas State team that's going to be looking to make a statement this year. I think Sam Marcus is going to be buzzing for this matchup, especially if this team's going to be two and zero, like I mentioned before. So, make Arizona State visiting Texas State in week three. My honorable mention.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great pick there. I also think the the matchup that you mentioned, Arkansas State and Iowa State, could be interesting as well. I think there are quite a few opportunities across the board uh, for Sun Belt teams to score wins against uh, what will be powerful Four programs in twenty twenty four. But Caden, last matchup we're talking about on this episode, it was my honorable mention pick you so graciously allowed me to pick my honorable mention uh, ahead of yours. So I went with Louisiana versus Tulane on uh, September 14th in week or week three, rather, uh, at Cajun Field, kind of sticking on that trend of those in-state matchups that I went with uh, throughout this episode. but. Caden, for me, two things kept this game out of the top ten. First, Cajun Field is going to be going undergoing massive renovations, so the stadium uh, is not going to look particularly good for this football game. I think uh, if we were talking about the the future, Our Lady of the Lord Stadium, uh, this game could be on national television. I think it would be a lot of fun to watch, but uh, alas, they'll be working on that stadium as they build towards the future uh, down in Cajun Land. But Caden, I think the other thing that keeps me from picking this matchup inside the top 10 and maybe even a top five pick is Chandler Fields is more than likely the quarterback uh, heading into this matchup and that just doesn't overly excite me here but I think if Zeon Chris was the guy uh, heading you know into this matchup this would probably be a top five pick for me but I think with Chandler Fields is as QB1 Caden it was hard to to put this one inside the top 10.
1: Yeah, I think for everything, Zion Chris brings an excitement level. I think you're just not going to see that from the offense that we saw last year with him under center. I think this definitely would have been one that I would have tried to snag in my draft if Zion Chris was starting at center, under center. But I think when you look at what Chandler Fields brings to this game, it's a lot, of, a lot of experience, and that's something that you can definitely rely on and lean on when it comes to having some big-time matchups like this. So hopefully, you know, Michael Pratt has exit stage left at Tulane. You know, Coach Summerall is going to be on the opposite sideline, a familiar opponent. So hopefully with the experience that UL brings and kind of some of the confidence we have from this team overall, from a lot of the youth they played last year coming into this season with that team getting more experience, hopefully they can lean on that from a team that they're facing that has a little bit more disarray as far as reestablishing their culture and getting things going.
0: Yeah. Don't disagree with you. And Kato, I gotta be honest. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, our first Frary and Smith podcast draft. I think there's going to have to be one in the future and, uh, you drive a hard bargain. I think we're going to at least have to get one trade done, uh, next time uh, we have a draft, but, uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. We hope y'all enjoyed our breakdown of the top Sunbelt non-conference games, uh, in 2024. Kate and I hear there's some big Sunbelt news dropping tomorrow. You're going to want to make sure to join us on Monday uh, to hear all about it, but that'll do it for us here at the Prairie & Smith Podcast. Before you go, here's all we ask. Head over to YouTube, hit subscribe on the Prairie & Smith YouTube page. Leave us a comment if you'd like. We can't wait uh, for you to join a growing community of Sunbelt football fans on YouTube. So for Caden Smith, Richmond Weaver, and Brett Jemis, I'm Noah Ferrari I want to thank you for spending more time with us again today. We'll talk to you again on Monday.